Hey, Lane. Hey, Mark. Do you know what film I'm looking forward to? Is it the film that I went to see this afternoon? No, because by the time this podcast is released, I'll have seen that film. Oh, yeah. And we'll have talked about it on this podcast. Yes, that's right. <laughs> because we are recording in two We're parts. We're recording in two parts, yes. Mm. Okay, sorry, what was the question again? <laughs> what film am I looking forward to? Oh, is this a serious question or is this a joke? A little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Was it meant to be a joke and I've ruined it now? Don't you always, but... um... (laughs) What film are you looking forward to? No, right, you you normally get this. It's a setup for a for a podcast opening, but um, as as I don't know, I don't know, Mark. What film are you looking forward to? Please tell me. The film that's going to be made of the things that have happened in the past week. Are you aware of who Magnus Carlsen is? No, I'm no. You've lost me. You've lost me. Right, Right, come on. (laughs) Explain. So so Magnus Carlsen is one of the best fantasy football players in the world, which is how I know him. But on the weekend, when he wants a bit of downtime and a bit of late relief, he also just so happens to be the number one chess player in the world. Oh, wow. That's amazing. What a talent. Is this ringing any bells for you? No. Oh, wow. You've managed to avoid this. Nothing. So he's been undefeated for so many I don't know how long it is, because I don't really follow this this closely. <laughs> Undefeated for chess. a long time. <laughs> but he's entered this tournament, and he was beaten by the lowest-ranked player in wow. the tournament called Hans Nielman, American, 19 years old. Um, he can carry on in this tournament, because it's not just like a knockout. And he has been starting games and then just one move and retiring. Because... He has tweeted saying, if I say what I think I'm going to say... He, well, he actually tweeted a gif of Jose Mourinho <laughs> saying, if I say what I want to say, I'm going to get in trouble. Right. And this is the biggest controversy in chess in years because everyone thinks that Hans Wieman, Nealman, Hans Nealman, I think his name is. I mean, you're looking at me as if yes, I know yes. that... Yeah. yeah. Hans, Hans Nealman has been cheating. Um, he's been banned multiple times from the chess.com online games because it's easy to cheat in online chess. You yeah. can just type your de- things into apps and it'll give you a perfect move. But in face-to-face games, it's kind of been thought that it's unable to... It's, yeah, it's yeah, difficult, cheat. wouldn't it? Because you're going to have to think five steps ahead and all of that sort of stuff. The theory, the best theory that's come out about how he is beating all these chess grandmasters is that he has a vibrating marital aid... Right. Inserted in a very uncomfortable place. Right. And someone... How how will that... Oh! oh, Someone someone through remote control... Someone's buzzing ...is buzzing him. Wow. Exactly what's happened. So it's like the who wants to be a millionaire controversy. But with vibrating anal beads. Wow. To to cut this down, they've since done scans of like radio waves going through (laughs) the thing. Like whole body scans, like once they get down this bum, just saying what's there. Um, and also put this, like, showing it to the audience on a fifteen-minute delay. Right. And Hans Neiman hasn't won a match since. He said, "I can play naked. I'll, I'll prove to you it wasn't a flu." Well, 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 yeah. That also would depends how far up it is. I guess. Well, exactly. You might not be able to see. Wow, I've I've not heard this. <laughs> this is new to me. Oh, can everyone's getting a, involved. Can I ask a question? Yes. How have they determined that this might possibly be the course of action that he's taken? Has someone heard like a noise? Yeah, 
I don't. No one's making accu- like the le- those level accusations. So is this just something that the internet has made up? No, then? no, no, no. It's a, it's a, it's a proper. I mean, everyone is weighing in like chess blogs, chess YouTubers who knew that they existed. Mm. I mean, you'll be shocked to know that even everyone's favorite billionaire Burke Elon Musk is uh, getting oh, on God. this and rolls eyes. But yeah, it seems to be. It's one theory, but it seems to be the best theory that people have about how he is beaten. Because him. how would you, else would you have something on your body? Or yes. how, there can't be someone sort of in the audience, as I'm thinking about the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire yeah. um, controversy. There's no one there sort of coughing or blinking or, no. you know, because obviously a chess match is yes. clearly very, um, very quiet as yeah. well. Oh, wow. Okay. But... Yeah, I'm, I'm amazed you avoided this. It is mm. certainly taken over one little part of the internet. No, it's a part that I have not frequented. Well, that's <laughs> what, a lot about that's what, what I'm Hans looking has done at. As well. <laughs> this was not how I thought you were going to start the pod this week. <laughs> I thought there might be some like gentle reflections on the sad passing of our monarch, or you know the fact that we haven't done a podcast for a month. You know, I thought it would be sort of. Something quite genteel, but no, you've, anal beads you've gone and chest. for vibrating anal beads and chest. Yes, remote control vibrating. Yeah. Anal beads. I, personally, I think that's really refle- it's reflective of what the honeymoon period podcast uh, stands for and, uh, and and does on a you know when we're actually when we're actually recording because it has it has been a while since yes. we've uh, we've found the time to come together and talk about TV and film. Can I just add one more thing to this story? You can, yeah, go on. Um, I'm beating Magnus Carlsen this this year at Fantasy Football. Sorry, you're you're beating him? Like, Is this like a dream of yours, or is it something that's actually happening? No, my rank is higher than him in oh, the really? Fantasy Football oh, this well year. Oh, well done, darling. Well done. I thought that was like a goal, I you mean, know. It's only or like, a statement of intent. It's un- we're only like a quarter of the way through the season. Is so it? Right. Plenty but of time still for good. To, well yes. done, you. If I, if I could reach, I would pat you like on the knee. Plenty of time for me to blow it and forget yeah, about yeah. it and do what everyone else well, does. Well, you, you just tell everyone because it's very special. I will. I will. <laughs> um, we need to talk about some TV. We need to. There are, there are things that we are well into, like loads and loads of episodes into, and we've not talked about them as a human couple. I don't know what other sort of couple we would be. But, you know, as, as us, just generally around the house, we have waited until we've got the podcast recorder out as per. And I'm really intrigued to see what you think. Okay. So, should we do TV first, as per? Let's do TV. Watching television, watching television. So, there's some big TV out for once. <laughs> yeah, it hasn't it all kicked off? Yes. It seems you, like everything's landed at once, You wait it? all year for a franchise TV show, and then two come <laughs> along at once. Oh, it's so interesting, isn't it? And what I found really fascinating is other podcasts that we follow, like the Empire podcast, for example, and the Pilot TV podcast. Mm. They are having to, particularly Empire, are having to, it's like, there's just so much. They're having to come together and talk about multiple episodes rather than doing episode by episode. And I totally understand why. Because if they did everything episode by episode, they'd just be there all day and all night. It's it's fascinating how it, it has, like you say, just landed all at once. It's just what mavericks we are for not doing a podcast yeah, for an entire we month. We don't do one yeah. for a month. Yeah, I think that just kind of shows where we are. <laughs> yeah. Um... Can I just start by talking about the rehearsal? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just before we get into the big I was about to say, that's not the shows. big franchise show that no. I thought you were going to start with. The rehearsal is a Sky Comedy show. It's from HBO Max. Um, it's 
one of the vehicles of Nathan Fielder, who did Nathan for You. Have you heard of that? Only from you talking to yeah. me. Oh, it's comedy, isn't it? Or oh, is it satirical sort of. comedy? Or... Yeah. So the point of Nathan for You was he would come along and it was a a parody of like Ramsey's Kitchen Nightmares, mm. but it was based in real life. So he would come along to a, like a struggling coffee shop. And he would rebrand them as Dumb Starbucks mm-hmm. and just have the Starbucks logo, but dumb on there. And um, business went through the roof, funnily enough. And it became a meme worldwide, you know, got new stories and stuff like that. And then I suspect a cease and desist came out, but they were allowed to trade as it because it was classed as an art project. Because it was part of a TV show. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So his new show is The Rehearsal. And. The best way I can describe this is just tell you what happens in the first episode. So he goes to someone who has something that he's got got away in his mind. Um, it's quite low stakes, the first episode. It is a guy who is in a quiz team and like takes it pretty seriously. For the past five, ten years, he has... He told a little white lie about his education and now the entire quiz team are like, sending him jobs and stuff like that so what he needs to do is tell his quiz team I don't have a masters essentially but it's weighing on his mind he's overthinking it um, there's one person on the team that he's worried might kick off about stuff a bit, bit volatile you know a bit of a loose cannon so Nathan Fielder essentially does a rehearsal and covers every single aspect of what could go wrong when telling this person this thing and to do that, he creates an exact copy of the bar that he will tell him in. He employs actors to be around, to be the person who he's telling, to be the person who... And it's inch for inch, the copy. It's amazing the level of details that they go through. Um, and they just scan out every single possible operation and every poss- possibility that could happen. Now, this is funny, <laughs> but I can't help but think you think you might think this was the best thing in the world. Yeah, that's yeah, a little peek inside right. your brain. Yeah, I would love that. I because I will worry about something for quite a long time, and I will go through all of the different manifestations of what could happen. I do that a lot on a Sunday night before Monday at work. <laughs> I think a lot of people do that as well, and they you work through right. Okay, there's a thing, and I need to know what all the different options are. I would love that. Like genuinely, I don't see where the comedy value is in that. The comedy, I think you have to see it. It's, it's very deadpan. Um, the comedy is in the concept. Like the comedy is in the like the audacity that they've created an exact copy of this bar, down to the fact that they are getting pizzas from a takeaway and putting them in a replica of the wood-fired pizza in the kitchen area that you can see, and they've got someone posting it through so that the pizzas that they always order when they're doing a quiz will come through at just exactly the right time, and then they can play with what time the pizzas might come. So the what happens if the pizza comes just as he's about to say what's happening? Makes me feel a bit like, ooh, you know, like it gives me anxiety a little bit of like him, that whole, I think from what you've explained, this idea of the, the group of friends and him having to explain something. And like I say, I don't see the comedy in it, but I, I think there's quite a lot of dramatic value in it. it I mean, it is borderline comedy stroke art. Mm, I mean, it, mm-hmm, it, it could, yeah. this could quite easily be on Sky Arts. Yeah. Um, I think that's where I'm, yeah. I'm with it as well. I really think you would get a lot out of this. Mm, I mean, I, the other I would things... find it very hard to. I would find that very hard to watch. I'd be quite stressed out by that. 
But they're taking the stress out of it. That's then the whole point I don't th- No, see, that still doesn't take the stress out of it for me because it still has to happen. Oh, and okay. it's also going through all of those options, like the worst possible thing that could happen to the best possible thing that could happen. All those things could still occur. And also going through this isn't just too much psychology into me, but also enacting those worst things would make me think that the worst things could actually happen. Anyway, I'm just, yeah, we're going down a psycho- <laughs> psychological route that I don't want to go down. But... I don't, yeah, I I wouldn't watch that. I just wouldn't. But I'm glad you're enjoying it. Are you enjoying it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think it, I think it's one of the best TV shows of this year. Okay. So, yeah, that'll be one for me to talk about on the end of the year. Show, yeah. Probably. I understand you're watching something quite <laughs> rapidly because we are... Try, we are we've cancelled Apple TV Plus because there's nothing we're watching on it at the minute. And... Uh, Rather than pay our five ninety nine a month, we're racing towards the end on some TV shows. Yeah, and this one isn't one of the big shows that we were alluding to in the intro either. So we're d- sort of doing s- smaller versions before we get into the biggest. Um, yeah, this is Bad Sisters, which is just amazing. This and then it sounds to me like a comedy, probably starring Mila, Mila Kunis <laughs> and another like comedian who's a little bit less well known. <laughs> Um, and they probably like have a falling out. And, I'm, I'm thinking of essentially stepbrothers, well, but, but the female version. It's interesting, isn't it? Because it is pitched as a comedy, but it's it is incredibly dark. It is a dark comedy slash drama. the The cast in this are just amazing. So it's a group of. I mean, the the name gives it away. It's a group of sisters living in Dublin. Obviously, all the different ages. So you've got like the the, the and I mean, I think there's like. I don't think I've got this right. It might be five of them, or it could be six. But anyway, very close knit group of sisters, from the oldest to the middle to the you know. So they have all their different relationships with with each other. The cast is just brilliant. So I'm going to read out the name. So it's Amory Duff is one of the sisters. Sharon Hogg, and I'm going to count them now, and then I'll know how many there are. Eva Berthwittle, Sarah Green, and Eve Hewson. How many is that? One, two, three, four, five. Five. Five sisters. I was right. Good. Um. Five, five sisters. Five, five sisters. So you get you get to know this group of sisters, but the the whole point of the 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 darkness and the comedy is that there is an event that occurs in episode one, which I'm not going to go into, and then each episode is giving you more information whilst honing in on a particular sister. And it took me a while to work out that's what actually was happening. Oh, but you, you get to you get to know more about each sister and their their life and how that has all come into play in terms of the plot. And it's just amazing. It's amazing from the point of view of the mystery. There is a mystery to be solved, and we're trying to piece. You know, as audience members, we're trying to piece the mystery together. We're working out if 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 the things that where the 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 television show is, is leading us to believe us have actually happened. We're trying to work out if it, you know who done it. If indeed it is a who done it, you know, all of those things working together. And then beside all of that, there are these. Now that I know five five amazing performances by these five women all completely different all showing different aspects of being a woman in this day and age and having that familial relationship as well you completely believe that they have known each other since birth you know you completely get the way that they speak to each other um there was an an episode i watched today because like you say i am 
going through them at a rate where one of the sisters sort of pushes the other one in the car and calls her an arsehole and it's like but in that way of like oh you're completely arsehole the way you would with like I don't have any sisters but if I did you know if you'd grown up with someone and you got on with them really well but also they really annoyed you and that's exactly how you you wouldn't just get in the car or you wouldn't just all get in the car you would say that you would use that language you would push them you would and you'd get away with it because that's kind of the relationship that that you have you, do you know what i mean that's yeah. like oh you you're, you're annoying me oh it's just it. it's, it's, a, it's br- honestly it is brilliant it's going to be you know you were talking about the rehearsal being in yeah. your you know final the we do. Are we going to do top ten? Is that what we would do? A top ten, something so. like that. Like, yeah. Well, it. It. I mean, if it's not in the top three, I'll be very surprised. I am rattling through it because uh, we're gonna um, <laughs> stop Apple TV. But even if we weren't, I've now got to a point where I just want to be around these people. I want to see what what's happening with the mystery, and I want to understand what has actually occurred you flip backwards and forwards in time it's got some beautiful plot devices and i can't stop talking about it without saying that one of the central performances is by an actor called class bang have you heard of class bang and i'm probably um not getting his first name right it's klaus but it's um c-l-a-e-s i think klaus bang so i'm looking at him on imdb Mm. now um oh i know him from the Northman. Oh, he's in the Northman. Um, he was in the the sort of the modern retelling of Dracula that I think Mark Gattis was involved with maybe yes. a, a few years ago that I absolutely loved until the last episode where it all went a bit. Mm. That's what everyone says. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it, it was. I think the last episode took a leap, and I think you had to go with it. And some people loved it, and other people like me just couldn't quite get there. He plays, and this is this is no spoiler because it's very evident from the beginning the biggest baddie and the best baddie I have ever come across. Does he stroke a beard or twirl a moustache? No, no it's, the, it's better than that. It's just that drip, drip, drip of someone who on the surface, if you didn't know them, would think that they were a nice person or, a, you know, just okay. Yeah. But if you honed in and, and sort of went into what they were saying to let's say to their wife or to their sister-in-law or to their child you would realize that there was this awful level of just misogyny and coercive control and putting them down and making them feel small and disabled but on the surface you just wouldn't see it yeah and huge amounts of manipulation and because it isn't mustache twirling and because it isn't villainy in the way that we would see like a pantomime villain it's totally believable like it's absolutely believable so i just love it absolutely love it i'm on episode seven i think there are eight <laughs> i haven't quite oh, skipped so ahead to have a look i am gonna i am gonna finish it and i really hope there's another series i really love spending time with the people and i just think that, you know from the point of view of having all these women like I say, completely different in their viewpoints, in their uh, their relationships, and you know, just the way they see the world. It's just lovely to have that. Like as a woman, I'm like, just you can say, oh, that's so and so that I know, or that. In not these one dimensional, you know, you, you get so often, don't you? Just this this one dimensional women. Oh, that's the wife, or that's the oh, there's a teacher, or that. You get that so much. 
that it's just fascinating to be with them. You kind of want to be one of the sisters. Okay. Would I like it? I think you would. I think you'd enjoy... I mean, I'm not going to finish it the... now. No, no, no. I think you'd enjoy the 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 mystery element of it, mm. but I also think that you would enjoy spending time with these characters. I really do. And because it's got that dark comedy element to it, it's really richly enjoyable. You know, it's, it's, you've got that thing where you're like, oh, wow, has that actually happened? And Yeah. I might watch it when Ted Lasso comes back and, okay. and we get Apple TV. I do back. recommend, I really recommend it to anyone who likes all of those genres. It's kind of all rolled up in one. Brilliant. Big things. Game of Game of Thrones game, Game of Thrones game, Game of Thrones. That one? I'm not convinced I can talk about, let's use the full title, oh. the most expensive TV show ever made, <laughs> Lord of the Rings. The Rings of Power? Is Ring, that what it's rings called? of Power, possibly. Because this is two very hard fantasy TV shows released at the same time. And I cannot deal with both of them at the same time. How many episodes of Rings of Power have you seen? I saw half an episode and gave up. Oh, okay. Right, well, I watched the full first episode, so I feel... <laughs> yeah. You're probably in a better position... Well, you are. Yeah, you're in a better I'm, position I, than me. I, to... I, I mean, I know so little about Lord of the Rings. It's only on finishing the episode that I was told that the Morphid Clark role was actually... Is she meant to be she's, Kate Blanchett? She's Kate Blanchett, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Did I didn't that know not, that. Okay. How would I know that? Because right from the beginning, they call her Galadriel. And I like, don't know anyone's names. You're not... You like, weren't a big Lord I, of the I'm Rings. I'm not a big Lord of the Rings yeah. fan. It took me a long, long time to watch the films. Mm-hmm. I think I watched the first film about four times before I was able to get through, like, leave it a couple of years, then watch Two Towers, and got about halfway through that about four times. Mm. Whereas where I was at university, the people that I hung around with absolutely loved Lord of the Rings. They loved the books. They were really into it. And we watched those films over and over again. I was never really... I definitely wasn't into the books. They when you were at uni, sure. Yes, they were, yeah. Yeah. All of them? Go and look them up. The first one came out in 2001. Right. You... You've only seen the first one, surely. Oh, well, I graduated in 2002. Yeah, so would they come were, out there? Christmas, no, no. The, oh, really? The, 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 they came out Christmas each year. Oh, right. Well, first one then. I mean, Everyone loved the first one. That's convenient. <laughs> Everyone loved the first Conveniently one. Conveniently change your story. <laughs> you just no. went to the cinema every week to watch it with your friends. Anyway. <laughs> no one can see the face that I'm making at the moment <laughs> but it has pursed lips and g- generally quite grouchy eyes yeah it's that look the look that Mark's just given me where he does the lips yeah anyway yes so lots of people around me at that time love Lord of the Rings and it was something that when I went to a house party people would put the trilogy on this was not at university Mark. this was after university but they would put the trilogy on and we'd all sit and watch the extended edition in, late into the <laughs> night and you went to very yeah, different parties yeah we were to very different parties right so I knew a lot of the lore yes yeah, so I went into this knowing who Galadriel was I went in knowing you know uh, there's like Lord Elrond who's in the Lord of the Rings films he's played by Hugo Weaving and in this he's played by the guy I think his name's Robert something and I can't remember what his surname is but he's the guy who was in that really really crazy show that we watched ages ago where he was in a psychiatric unit and Eve Hewson was also in in the show can you remember the show yeah i remember yeah, it. yeah was yeah, it like yeah. an itv or something like that no, it was, I can't netflix. Remember, was it, it that was... yes of course it was something about behind your eyes or something like that 
behind her eyes. The truth behind in her your eyes. Anyway, <laughs> anyway yes. yeah, we, we we did a review of it. Anyway, he's in it. I think he was very good. Um, I think he's in Robert Arameo, if I'm remembering it rightly. Anyway, should do better notes. So I went into it thinking, okay, I can get back into this world. I'm gonna know who the characters are. It will because it, it's a prequel. It'll fill in some of the stuff. And I actually, I was actually watching it on the treadmill <laughs> because I thought, oh great, I can like be on the treadmill and watch it, and it'll be really relaxing. And I just found it an absolute slog. And I even turned it off and started watching some documentary on Netflix because I thought, can't carry on with this. Then I thought, right, wait for a bit. Maybe it's just my mind, you know, not my mood. Wait again, have a look, try it again. And again, I had did another ten minutes just wasn't feeling it all, I felt incredibly dense, I didn't care about the characters, I thought he was really, like, just morose, like, you know, when you're like, everything feels very depressing and very slow, and so even the lighter elements of it, because there are some people in this show that are meant to be, I think they're descendants of the Hobbit, not descendants, what, what, what would you call people before? Ancestors. Thank you, the ancestors of the hobbits. Even they, with their little light relief and everything, it just, it just didn't work for me. It did not work for me. I didn't even get to the bit where Selene Henry was in it because I just couldn't make it through and I have not gone back to it and I've had plenty of opportunity. You know, sometimes you think, oh, I haven't had opportunity and that's what it is. I have had loads of opportunity to be able to sit and go, actually... I've got some time. Let me stick on the Lord of the Rings. Let me really enjoy this incredibly expensive thing. And I haven't wanted to at any point. Okay. Well, I'm a little bit different to you because obviously I don't have any of the baggage with that. I didn't know that it was meant to be Kate Blanchett's character. <laughs> I certainly didn't know that it was supposed to be Hugo Weaving's character. Um, and I, I mean, I've seen the films. I think they are very well made films that just aren't for me. But I could get into this. Like, it's beautiful to look at. I mean, it's it's stunning. And I think that a lot of TV shows now look like they are filmed, not on a soundstage, but like on one of those sort of green screen... Is it called? What's it? Uh, yeah, there's like a... like It's not even a green screen anymore, is it? It's just like an LED screen yeah, behind yeah. it. Yeah, understood. Um, and this does not... This looks like they have taken people to a valley in the middle of mm. some hills for one shot that cost that cost a million dollars to set everything up and then they've moved on elsewhere. Um But you've only watched one episode. Yeah. Yeah. So you haven't sort no, of felt... I can't because I have to make a choice. I'm not interested in hard fantasy enough to carry on two at once. Okay. Um and I will I I'm moderately edging towards Game of Thrones over mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. Game of Thrones was something which I took me a long time to get into. Um, like I started, I watched that first few episodes like four or five times, and then me and my flatmate at the time started watching it. And I was like, oh, I could watch one episode, but he was like, oh, I want to watch three in a row. And I'm like, no, nah, <laughs> like me, sod that. Um, so yeah, it was only when they were going into the last few seasons, which obviously are considered to be some of the best tele- <laughs> seasons, that I I think I think I just did a massive catch up. I think we watched one a night. We did, yeah, I remember. But even when we were on holiday, we were in Las Vegas at one point, and we took um, like a tablet with us. This was yes. this was before like that was sort of 
the done thing, if I remember rightly, or something that we would do very yeah. very typically. And we actually took it with us so we could watch. We downloaded loads, didn't we? And we thought watch Game of we Thrones Game during of Thrones nap time. During nap time, yeah. God. Ah, I, th- I, think that, I think that's how, yeah, I, I take back everything I've said about your Lord of the Rings parties. <laughs> um, yeah, so going on to House of the Dragon. Yeah. Prequel to Game of Thrones. Yes. Do you remember the history of the prequels? Because when Game of Thrones finished, it almost it felt really final, didn't it? Yeah. The TV show had taken over from where George R. 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 Martin. George R. R. Martin. I can never remember how many R's. Well, from where he had got to win the books, he's still yet to finish. Um, sort of say, is it the final book? Is it? See, I don't know enough There's about it. I know there are people who have so much more knowledge than me on, on this. Winds I've of never Winter read the book. is one that he has been promising for ten, about 10 years now. Right. And still has not arrived. So that was really interesting that a TV show had, had, had surpassed the actual, the, the author, um, and, and surpassed the, the books as well, had, had gone gone by and made their own decisions as to characters and plot. And then I heard that Jane Goldman, who has written, she, written, she wrote Kick-Ass, or she was one of the writers of yes. Kick-Ass, um, Stardust. What else did she do? She did a lot of. Um, did she do one of the X Men's? Um, I think your she did First Class. X Men First Class. She, she did, did my favourite film. film. Yeah. She didn't do Heat. No, she did um, Kingsman. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, brilliant screenwriter. For um, anyone listening, Elaine really hated <laughs> Kingsman with a passion. Funnily enough. Um, and I've not watched any of the sequels as well. But anyway, she's a screenwriter, she's a producer, um, and I heard, I mean, I'm, like I say, I'm no um, sort of fact hound for all of these things, but I remember at the time hearing that she had been involved with a production that was a prequel to Game of Thrones, and I think they had even, you might know more about this than I do, but I, th- I think, if I remember rightly, they had even... Like done a pilot or something like, like yeah, that. Yeah, they shot a pilot. And it with... was it set really, really, really far in advance of the actual Game of Thrones setting. It was something meant to be really far away from the characters that we knew. There was no real links to to who we knew. I don't know where it was set. I know it had Naomi Watts in it. That's it. Yes, um, I knew there was a Naomi I don't know Watts connection. Else, but yeah. So, and then that was scrapped. And I remember thinking at the time. Oh, you know, you get that, mm, this does not bode well. Yes. And then I heard that they had gone for another production, which turns out to be House of the Dragon, which is set, is it 200 years or 300 years before? 172 the... years before <laughs> You know so Daenerys. much more than I Well, it's says so at the beginning of the yeah, film. Like, like, I'm, it... I'm normally quite good for this sort of thing. Yeah, I know, right. I'm a little bit. Yeah, I'm yeah, like, disappointed in you. <laughs> I was about to say, I'm really, really proud of you. Oh, good. <laughs> there we go. So, yeah, I think there was it was troubled. And I remember thinking, oh, they've gone for something really safe because they've gone for the history of the Targaryens. And we know Daenerys Targaryen, who's a main character from Game of Thrones. And I just thought, oh, if we're going to be looking at like her great, great, great granddad or something like that, is it just going to be more of the same? And it seems to be just... It's a shame, this is what I felt at the time, it's a shame that they haven't taken a risk. If they were going to go for something, go for something different, go for, you know, give something else a go. But clearly, whatever had happened previously or the show that they were going to go with previously hadn't worked, so they've gone for this. So I went into House of the Dragon with very low expectations 
I fully anticipated that it would go the way of the new Lord of the Rings show for me, that I would maybe... I'd watch the episode with you, because obviously I wouldn't stop halfway through with you. We'd watch it all, I'd get to the end of it, and I'd kind of go, oh, I don't think I'll go back. I got to the end of episode one of House of the Dragon, and whilst I had some concerns about some of the acting, I found myself thinking, oh, I'd quite like to know what happens in episode two. And by the end of episode two, I was waiting for the next week to come on. By the time that we got to episode three, I was counting down the days to the <laughs> next episode. You know, sort of waiting because um, Sunday night into Monday morning. I think it's released on a Sunday night in America, yes, isn't it? And it then is, it comes yeah. out from Monday with us. And there's part of me that really has to stop myself from trying to watch it on a Monday you know, morning at five o'clock when our son wakes up. Because because I'm really into it. I think it's brilliant. Some of the acting, I think that I had um, sort of doubts about to begin with, that has got better. The characterization is, is brilliant. I'm really loving the intrigue and the politics. And I think the women at the centre of the show are amazing. I think two... two young women playing um there's a character called Renera's and is it no sorry they're all they all sound the same the names that's the only thing with George R. R. Martin. Um everyone's got a very similar name but but that makes sense in a in universe because people do have similar similar names. But you there's know? a reason for but... the entire history of <laughs> novels people have picked different names. I know I think there's a Renera and a Renera's and you it's Renera. You don't, you don't, you don't see five minutes of them nipping off for a <laughs> nipping off for a piss and uh, nipping to the kitchen for a snack because that would be boring and bad bad storytelling. I quite like that. I like I like snacks. Um so she is, is one one of the young women, then there's an, another young woman called Alison and those two, the the two performers playing those roles, I think are just brilliant. Absolute heart and soul of the show. Totally. And and therefore that's why I felt uh, Paddy Constantine, for example, plays um, a, a, the king in in episode one and I just wasn't there with him I really really wasn't there with him and I just thought he was completely miscast now it does get better as as time goes on I think because you sort of either know Paddy Considine is sort of like this affable bloke or a killer <laughs> this is sort of like midpoint for him doesn't quite just didn't quite Go I mean, there I kind of know him from like Fish Tank, where he plays mm. like a sleazy boyfriend mm. who tries to get it on with like the daughter of the woman. Yeah, who's... It's, I just found it really. Which way? Which way does that round? Does that fit? Does I don't he, know, like... probably, yeah, <laughs> you know, it's what one extreme to another. But yeah, I just sort of this sort of midway point with that. I wasn't sure of the accent, and I just didn't quite see him as a Targaryen with silver hair and you know the dragons and. I just, I just didn't see him in that, and that's you know maybe more to say about me than it is about him and his in his acting. But as time has gone on, I really enjoy it. I'm loving Matt Smith's performance because he is a proper pantomime baddie. I think you know there's some real boo hiss moments. I think he's chewing the scenery at many times, and other times you you see uh, flickers of weakness in his Ooh, character, Damon. Yes, yes, he is is tortured, but also he does do some really really bad things. So it's not just like oh he's a little bit of a uh, bad boy. Know? Yes, he does. Without, without you know, yeah yeah he does. I think the, the storylines are provocative. I think we can say that they they are controversial. 
one way of putting it. In many ways. I was talking to our friends, Alison and Chris, um, last night, because I had um, the joy of going to see the Scottish play, um, courtesy of of Alison. I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. So anyway, Alison was very kind and took me to see the Scottish play. And when um, I was having a chat with them beforehand and they were asking about sort of Lord of the Rings, House of the Dragon, I I said to them, and I thought, ooh, this is interesting because I was working through my review, but I said to them at the time, there are things that this show is doing in terms of a conversation about consent, which I'm really enjoying and I'm really liking getting my head round. And not just consent in the way that we might traditionally view it, which is sort of in a heterosexual relationship depicted where the man is um, not obtaining consent from the woman. So we see that quite a lot. In this, yes, we do see that, but we also see situations where power is reversed and where people take advantage of their level of um uh, what's the word that power. I've got? like uh, yeah hi- like hierarchy yeah. um and other people's subordination to them mm. and i found that really really interesting in there's lots of conversation pieces around consent in it and that's what i said to our friends last night and after you know, I mean, there's been a lot of talk about House of the Dragon and and, and some um, scenes involving incest. There's scenes involving um, so it's very gory scenes, very violent scenes, um, violence to women. There's a lot going on in it. But actually, what the thing that really has stayed with me and the thing that I've enjoyed the most, sort of getting my head around, are all these power machinations, particularly around relationships and how relationships are formed and maintained. And, you know, romantic relationships, sexual relationships. And I just found that really interesting to to sort of just work around in my head and also to listen to other podcasts and see what they're saying about it. You've been very, very patient whilst I've gone on a bit of a diatribe. I really thought you were going to say, so should we talk about some movies? <laughs> no, sorry. I just... I have that. I've had that in my head for weeks on end, wanting to talk to you about it, and I've just sort of splurged it out there. Want to talk at me about it? Yes. How have you found House of the Dragon? Mark? My big worry about this was this is based on one of the sort of supplementary books that was released. I think it was called like Fire and Blood or something like that, um, which was like the history of the House of Targaryen, and I think the big my biggest fear in this was that it would feel like homework. And it would be, (laughs) this person was married to this and this person was married to this. And this hasn't been the case. Um, I don't think it's a perfect show. I am, I am further, I am more negative on it than you, but I am still really enjoying it. I'm, I am, I'm looking forward to the Monday evenings when we're watching it, but I'm at no point, like, I'm like, I'm I'm wanting to watch Only Connect first. (laughs) <laughs> okay, that's interesting. Yeah, it's, so it's not like a desperate. Oh, we've, I've got to see that before I see any spoilers. Or not. whereas I heard a spoiler um, on a podcast will remain nameless that they didn't tee up that there would be a spoiler. They said that they would talk about certain episodes and they then didn't say that there was going to be um, sort of a view to the future. And I heard um, a spoiler and I got really upset about that. I was about to blurt out. I think I know what you're talking about. <laughs> I was about to blurt out. I think we, mm-hmm. we have to talk about the structure of the show. And I don't think we do. I don't want to talk about the structure of the show because if someone Well, you spoke for five minutes on it and I do. 
No, but if, not if it's going to involve a spoiler. Huh? No, but That's it's not. I'm, it, it, I'm not. I'm not going to involve a spoiler. But the structure of this show is that there, it's not just one linear format. And I think this is what you're talking about. It's not just and one when one episode finishes, the next one does not join on immediately after. Is this what you're talking about? Hmm, yeah. And there was an episode earlier on where something happened and I was really interested to see what the dynamic would be immediately after that and we had a two-year jump. And that annoyed me because I don't believe that the conversations that were miraculously resolved two years later would have sat festering for two years. It seems like something that could easily be avoided and I was interested in the dynamic immediately after the revelations and announcements that were made in that. Um, I don't think it's a spoiler to say that there is a big jump coming. And I some think of, it is. I, th- I genuinely, I really disagree with you on that. Some of the I mean, cast I know members said it, that though. are, some of the cast members that are, that have been with us are no longer going to be with us. And they are some of my favourite cast members. I mean, the fact that Olivia Cook is going to be rocking up some, sometime in the future makes me very, very happy. Um, I don't know Olivia Cook at all. You do know Olivia Cook. Do I? Yes. Do I? Yes. Come on then, remind me. Um, so she is the ugliest girl in the world. Oh. In Ready in Player Ready One. Ready Player One. Now Mark is saying that with the most sarcasm possible. So anyone listening, like, please don't take that as fact. It's because does she have something like a birthmark on her face or or something yes. like that? And it's made out to be the the, the worst. You know, and, and it's not just because I think you have to be very careful around the, the conversation on this as well because people can have things that really do affect them yeah. and that we might see as minor, but they see as... But it is played in that film as that she is completely and utterly, like, in in the real world, because she's, she's like an avatar in the film. Yes. In the real world, that there would, there would be something that would be so powerful and it would affect her so so much that you would be able to visually see that and then when you see what it actually is and, and it's the deal is about that she's she's so ugly and she's so and and then when you see it, it yeah it didn't yeah. it didn't work and we had a lot to say about that at the time i think mm. something was quite wrong about that i felt it didn't um, sit right definitely. no it didn't Right, I didn't know it was her. <laughs> she was in Meet Earl and the Dying Girl. Mm-hmm. Um, she was oh, in yes, the yeah, Vanity that, yeah. Fair TV show didn't that was on. She was in Sound of Metal, okay. uh, which I know is something you never, I don't, you ever checked out. No, I out. never got right. I, I meant to, I really did. Um, and then I think at the time there were lots of things going on that would have um, resonated with the um, the themes of Sound of Metal and I didn't yes. feel that I was able to, to, to watch it. Um Right. Okay. You see, I th- I'm really honest. I I wish I didn't know all this stuff. So I'm always on the side of not knowing things, and and it's what I say, I'm sure people listening to this will have seen maybe even an episode and gone, oh, it's not for me, or they're listening to this going, well, I never would have watched it anyway. But I'm always thinking of someone like me who just wants to see it like fresh and not know about time jumps not know about new characters coming in not know about who who lives who dies who you know do you know what i mean and now I, I really wish i didn't know that because i'm really enjoying the mystery i i didn't know what was going to happen now i've got to the end of the the last episode and i knowing that there is going to be this jump 
And I hadn't got a clue who was going to be alive, who was going to be married, who was going... And now people are talking about it in a sense of like, oh, well, we all know that. Oh, we all know that this is going to be happening. It's almost like taken for red. And I just don't think... In the critical right. world. In the critical did. world, yeah. Because the critics got a set number of episodes um, up front, which included episodes including the big time mm. jump. Um, and I think because all the critics have seen that number of episodes, then it just becomes a given in those circles. Yeah. I was disappointed as well. I understand mm. exactly what you're saying. Um, and I, I knew it was coming. Mm. Um, I knew it was coming anywhere. And I thought it might have been a couple of weeks ago. And then I thought it might be this week. And then... Yeah. And then I knew how many episodes the the critics had got, so I kind of figured out a th- like a pretty good chance it was gonna that it was gonna be at a certain point or something like that. But yeah, um, all I'd say is that they are the the characters they are replacing are two of my favourites, and these two far more far famous actresses mm. have got a job on their hands to replace them yeah, and yeah. replace the chemistry and totally the. Right. Between between them, the two. Um, Isn't it interesting though? Because normally, when we have these sorts of things, you see an adult versions, and then you might flash back to to younger versions, and mm. you would typically roll your eyes at the younger because it's always a little bit twee, it's always not quite right, it's a little bit jarring, and you kind of want to get back to your adult versions of the characters that you that you've known. Whereas in this, like you say it's completely the opposite. You want to stay with those younger versions and you're thinking, ooh, will the adults be able to pull off what the younger actors have been able to do? And I think they really do have a job on their hands. I think you're absolutely right. It's, it's going to be difficult for them. It's going to be very easy for the critical world to say, well, you know, they're just not as good as. And, yeah, the uh, Louisa Alcott, is that her name? No, no, she wrote that, Little um, Women. Louisa May Alcock. <laughs> Millie Alcock. Yeah. <laughs> Millie Alcock and Emily Carey really have done yeah. themselves. Um, like, I'm looking forward to see what they what they do next. Yeah, because yeah. they have... Oh, definitely. Yeah, they're definitely actresses to keep mm. an eye on. Um, We've done more of House of the Dragon than I thought we would do. Well, I think, the, I mean, it is the biggest mm. thing out at the moment. And this is the one that everyone seems to be talking about rather than The Lord of the Rings. Yeah, so. Rings of Power. And I think you can you can tell sort of what you're really getting into by, well, I can anyway, by what I do with my podcasts. And every time a Rings of Power podcast, I'm just like swiping and like deleting off, deleting off. Whereas I'm sitting through the week waiting for my favourite podcast to bring out an episode on House of the Dragon so I can listen to their feedback. I mean, you're telling me you're surprised that you're, you're not listening to a podcast on a TV show you're not watching. <laughs> no, um, no, but you know, sometimes I do listen a lot or, or when I listen or when I, well, when I see people really talking about it and people who I, I follow generally and would listen to them talk about anything, I, you know, might feel more pressure to go and watch the show so I can take part in that conversation even from afar you know taking part just by listening and by thinking about it but I haven't felt compelled to do that hey I watched the Romanoffs all the way through oh that's true we did didn't we I know things we do for podcasting eh (laughs) god I'm so I wish we had a podcast then so I could run about that week oh that would be awful yeah Mm. never ever watch the Romanoffs it's it was just like genuinely it's not it's not very like not very often that I remember a show as you know just slogging my way through a show and hating every moment of it. 
Oh, and it was meant to be brilliant as well. Well, it was um, Matthew Weiner, the guy who did Mad Men. Mm. I mean, we're not we're not reviewing. No, no. Well, I mean, here's our review of the Romanovs. Don't yeah, watch it. It's shit. Yeah. Um, Strictly's back. Just a quick oh, few words like on Strictly. A bit of lightness, yeah. Dun, 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 oh, bloody dun, hell, dun. it's long, isn't it? It is long. It's long. Well, I did leave you for the first episode um, to go and watch, as previously mentioned, the Scottish play. Um, and I was like, oh, night to myself. Yep. Um, right, I'll get Blake in bed and started at quarter past... Uh, sorry, started at quarter to seven. Quarter to two, seven? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Didn't finish till quarter past nine. So I'm like, and then you rocked up about ten o'clock. I know, so yeah. Where's my night? <laughs> but, you know, you got to see all of Strictly by yourself and I, uh, I didn't. And I've had to watch it today. Just sort of bits and pieces. Anyway, who's your favourite? Who are you liking? Okay, I need to get other people because I'm still not entirely... It's quite a lot, isn't it? Right at the beginning. Yeah. Are there 12 to begin with? Uh, There's 15. Oh, wow. Yeah, because, you know, like, that's why it takes two and a half hours. It does, yeah. And actually, this year, I have to say, it's a year where I know the fewest people. I, I disagree. Um... I did the who would I know coming out of like on a who would I be able to pick out of a lineup mm-hmm. and I knew nine, oh, okay. which for me, considering they quite often have a lot of, and actually in hindsight I, I knew ten because I knew Ellie Taylor from Ted Lasso, but I didn't realize it was her. Um, so my favourites are Hamza Yassin, who we know from the CBB show. Let's go for a walk. Is yes. that it? Yeah. Yes. Uh, he plays Ranger Hamza in that. He, it's he amazing. Takes, takes kids around for like it a just, walk through like walk. the seaside and of a city. He's, he's been around our part, hasn't yes. he? Like our neck of the woods. It was because like so we watch CPB's first thing in the morning, and then during lockdown, like Blake went off to nursery, and we would do go and work from home. And then when we'd come back, we'd go and like turn on the telly at lunchtime and CBeebies would still be on mm-hmm. like as the channel playing in the background. Uh, and we'll, I, one time we were like, that's Newcastle lies. Mm. And so Ranger Hamza was taking yes. some children around and so they go for a walk yeah. and it's good for the health. And then they see, they stop and they look at things and they learn about the history of the, yeah. the place that we're going to, it's, it's really good. Um, so my favourites apart from Hamza mm. um, Tyler West seems like a really oh he's, like a a, DJ he's a DJ from Kiss I've never heard I've of never him never heard of him yeah, yeah, yeah. because we don't I mean we listen to two radio stations Radio 2 and Absolute Radio 90s occasionally magic at the musicals occasionally magic at the musicals when we're wanting something a bit more uplifted but he seems like a really lively guy he seems like a really likeable mm. guy and he's someone who I can see will be presenting Things mm, like I'm sure a more youth version yeah. of the one show if that happens yeah, in yeah, a couple of yeah, years. Because yeah, you can see that charisma come out mm. of him. I mean, who doesn't love Will Meller? Oh, I love him. But very disappointed at the fact that all the I and mean, all the sort of like the oh let's get to know Will Meller, they're just concentrating on Gaz from two pints of lager and a packet of crisps. And of course there is only one character that Will Meller has ever played and will ever play in my mind. And is that the guy who died in the like second episode of the third season of Line of Duty? No, Mark. It's it's Jambo from Hollyoaks. This is before my time on Hollyoaks. Oh, like that's just and like he's been in Broadchurch, he's been in loads of stuff, but to me, he will forever be Jambo. Did he have dyed hair? Possibly. I mean he might have had spiky hair, it's it was uh, the nineties. Uh, yeah, and then obviously so he's incredibly likable. My favourite 
my favourite is whoever is dancing with Amy on Strictly. Yes, she's my favourite dancer. She's your favourite dancer. Yes. Yeah. So in this town, it's James Bay, but okay. And who is James Bay? So he's speaking oh, of right. adult oh, actors right. replacing youth oh, actors. Oh, he's Martin he's Fowler. Martin Fowler. Which I didn't yeah. realise that they replaced Martin Fowler again. Nope. Like, nope, not at all. I don't. I mean, I'm sure they did all sorts of weird and wonderful things with the character of Martin Fowler on EastEnders. Like, didn't he? Go to prison or something, you know, or went a bit funny. I think was that for he messing about? Sonia, yeah, ma- didn't yeah, he? yeah. He so it's been a trumpet. long time since I saw, um, since I've seen EastEnders and followed it. Did he fiddle the Christmas books like his dad? Or... Oh yes, Arthur oh, Fowler. That's yeah. He, what, he... I don't even know if that's yeah. His no, his dad. something. Yeah. There was some sort of fraud thing around Arthur. Yeah, definitely. Anyway, um, right. So she she's with him. Right. Okay. He seems like a nice guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, there's there's always, like, stage school lot mm-hmm. that are always brilliant first up. Mm-hmm. And then there's, like, the people who grow into it who tend to be the people who end up winning because... The journey. The, yes, it's all about the journey. Mm. Who are your favourites? Oh, well, I love Ellie Simmons because okay. I just think she's a brilliant presenter. I think her career has been incredibly interesting. She's a, obviously a para, Paralympian and has that real athleticism i've watched the first episode i've said this morning mm. and i thought her movement was just amazing like the shape she can make with her body i thought mm. was absolutely fantastic and then um will oh. Mella, obviously for you know so with ellie simmons mm. there is obviously i was really interested obviously she's someone with dwarfism and i really was interested to see how they how it would how it would present itself uh physically the same way that we had we've had They've brought in a lot of people with different uh, physical and physical challenges in, mm. in the show. But yeah, she can really dance. And of course she can. Like, mm. why wouldn't she? Yeah, but she's an athlete. Yeah. Um, but I mean, there's plenty of athletes that um, look at yeah, Tony Adams. Yeah, but, but yeah. I, think, I think she's got such a charisma. I know mm. you were talking about um, charisma in the guy from Kiss and all of that. But I think she's... If you see her presenting, I, I think... Like I've I've watched her recently when they've been doing the Olympics, when they've been doing the um the Commonwealth Games, and she is so good. You know, and you you sit and you go, wow, that's real talent in terms of presentation, and just you can tell that she's so comfortable in herself and a really strong skill set that I wasn't surprised at all that she had musicality, that she felt the mu, you know that that. It just made you could see the com. She's so confident, and mm. I loved watching her. And I think there was um, someone tweeted as well. So it's really important to talk about the representation. Someone had tweeted um, when she came on and she said, "Oh, and you know, I'm Ellie Simmons, and then I'm Paralympian, and I happen to have dwarfism." Yeah. And that person's daughter apparently shouted at the television, "I have dwarfism oh. too," and that's important. And she was saying, "This is why mm. it is important." Um, who else? I'm trying to think of the other people that I think there's so many of them, you know. Um, oh, Jade Adams, um, who's partnered with Karen. Yes. Um, who got married recently, so I don't know if her name has changed, but um, I th- I I liked her and I didn't know who she was. But again, she seemed a woman with a lot of confidence who was, you know, moving her body and just, you know, when people go out there and just give it. Yeah. And even though they might not be trained or it, I really like watching that because it makes me feel, I just feel about me, but it makes me feel more comfortable. It, I think it makes you as an audience member mm. go, 
okay, they're just giving it a go. Whereas the people who come out have noticed this before and you can see, it's not about nerves, they can see the discomfort factor in them. It's like when you're going and watching a performance and you can you can see the person on stage just isn't there. That makes you feel like you're waiting for something to happen or you're on edge. And so I really like those performers that just go out and go, I could be the worst one possible, but I'm just going to go for it. Um, I can't think of anyone who um, would, is struggling this year. <laughs> oh, if you're a big I mean, fan, if you're a big on, fan there's... of Ross, though, I'd get, I'd watch it early. <laughs> I think there's, I mean, there's always going to. I mean, we would not be able. You know, I always say, like, there's no way you'd get me up on there. And even if you did, two left feet and all of that sort of business. So they're very brave to go and put themselves forward for something that is clearly incredibly skillful. And for people to judge them and, you know... I think I fancy my chances at it. <laughs> yeah, I think you'd be I'm fine. I'm not a bad load. I, no. the, I mean, the problem is, like, obviously I'm not a celebrity, mm. but I don't think I'd have a. the time to do my full-time job <laughs> and it. do the practice, the practice and have the affair. <laughs> that joke, copyright Richard Osman. Um, like, I can't say I've, I've stolen that. Oh, I thought that was really good as well. <laughs> I w- you w- it would have got away with that. You would have got away with it. I would never have known. Well, we've took far longer than I thought oh, we were going to on TV. Well, it has been a while. Yeah. Um, so we've got a couple of films to talk about. Mm. Um, I still haven't seen... One of them. But will have by the time this... <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, it's a time jump. Yes, yeah. Am I going to replaced by Emma Darcy? Yeah, yes, yes you are. <laughs> Thanks very much. You did very well. <laughs> and, then, and now we're going to leap forward. And I'm going to launch my career. Of course you are. <laughs> and be on Strictly. Well, a lot will have changed by the time we come back then. Yes. Let's get on with it. Mm. Saturday night and the movies Who cares what picture you see When you're hooking with your baby Let's roll in the balcony Through the mists of time, we have returned. Just to give people an idea of how long's passed, we're no longer cancelling Apple TV Plus because Elaine's realised Bad Sisters carries on after our subscription ended. Yeah, it was. Uh, I'm on episode seven, and uh, I was going, "Oh, there's one more. There's only you know eight episodes of this." No, no, Mark told me there's ten, <laughs> so there's no way I'm going to be able to get through all of them because they they won't be released by the time it's finished. So, but we don't need to rush Severance. So yeah, yeah, we were going to um, rush through the last few episodes of Severance, so that's given us a reprieve. So, yes, Apple TV, you've got us for one more month. So, three films to talk about. Um, I've got Bodies, Bodies, Bodies and After Yang to talk about. And then I was surprised this week to find out that there was actually a film of Don't Worry Darling to accompany all the Twitter bullshit. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think we've yeah. both seen that. And we've so both seen it. So, yeah, and we're, um, we've already discussed this. We're going to talk about the film in a spoiler-free manner. And then we're gonna um, we're gonna go into spoilers, but we'll tell you when that when that happens. We'll give you lots of warning. Mm. So I'm just gonna touch on bodies, bodies, bodies first of all, um, because there's been a bit of a resurgence of whodunits over the past few years. There's the Branagh Poirot films, um, Knives Out, and Glass Onion coming up that I'm really excited about. And Glass Onion's a sequel to Knives Out. Yes. Yeah. And then you never saw See How They Run. No, I was going to. And then something came up and I didn't go on the, the day that I was meant to go and see it. But when I first saw the trailer for See How They Run, I thought that was the sequel to Knives Out. Mm. 
And then it was confusing as well because obviously Glass Onion and See How They Run are both Beatles references. Yes, well done. So like, oh, don't say well done. <laughs> I, I took you to see the bootleg Beatles of late and I, I know more about the Beatles than I think you think I do. Yes, okay. <laughs> That's you told. Well, anyway, Bodies, Bodies, Bodies is another whodunit. It is set amongst a group of Generation Z friends, millennials. Generation Z? So it's after millennials. Okay. So probably about mid mid to early 20s. Okay. Um, they're having a house party for a tornado or a storm that's passing over. Um, it stars Rachel Sennett, who's from Shiva Baby, um, which I really now need to go see because I missed it. And also um, Maria Baklova, who was Oscar nominated for Borat. Two. Oh, the Borat too. She was yeah. the, his sort of. Um, I hate to say sidekick, but that's the only word I can think of. But he, she his, played his daughter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amongst others, so there is Pete Davidson is in it. Um, Lee Pace is in it. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, okay. As that bloke that someone in the group brings, who's dating, who's far too old for. Who's far too old? Yeah. yeah. I was just thinking he's much older than the others. And yeah, I'm not going to go too much into this, but this is a really, really fun film. It's told largely through Maria Baklova's eyes. She is dating one of the girls from the group and so comes into this group from the outside. And there is that fun thing of when you are at a party and you don't really know anyone and you're just trying to work out all the dynamics and who's dated who, who's seen who. Who hates who. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah. Um, it is very on the nose about like Generation Z culture. Um, is it that? Do they talk about mobile phones a lot and things like that, or is it that just showing my age? <laughs> that's showing your age. Yeah. <laughs> do they all get their like blackberries out and? Uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah their pages. They, they go on WAP and uh, check out what's. <laughs> oh, WAP! God, what about WAP? Yeah. Okay. So, are they talking about sort of like? Influences and things and like that, or more, more politics. Okay, yeah, uh, politics and what's acceptable to mm-hmm. to someone that age nowadays. Okay. And it's it's done very much with tongue in cheek, but there are sort of moments where you go, oh yeah, yeah. Um, sort of the sort of relationships in race and wealth. They they are all very very wealthy people in this. Um, on the whole, it's a lot of fun. Um, I really enjoyed it. I I didn't see where it was going. I didn't see who 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 is the murderer mm-hmm. and things like that um and yeah it's i mean for people who are meant to be annoying i was very happy to spend a lot of time with them so yeah if i think it's passed under a lot of people's radars so if you if you get a chance to check it out please check it out no, i think i will from what you've just told me oh cool, cool. Um, yeah um another thing to check out which is, again has gone under the radar is after yang have you heard of this at all? No. Other than <laughs> me seeing me watch it earlier today. Yeah, I came downstairs and Colin Farrell was on the telly and I was like, oh, yeah. and it's so, it, you know what? When I walked in, I thought, oh, this is a quiet film. This is a, a pensive film, a thoughtful film. And it was I'm nice really... when you walked in chatting <laughs> to me then, wasn't it? <laughs> no, but I thought, oh, this might be actually something that I would like to watch sort of during a quiet time because mm. it really seemed to be quite reflective and the th- the things that I was hearing that sort of give you an idea as to the world which is seemed to be quite futuristic really had me sort of thinking oh I wonder what's going on here so yeah. yeah I'm really interested in your review this is one of those films that was out earlier in the year in the US it started, I think it was at Sundance um and then made a uh, made a cinematic debut so a lot of the podcasts I listened to have reviewed it earlier in the year and I've been waiting for it it's made its debut on Sky Movies which 
is a bit of a shame because this is beautiful, this film. Uh, it's directed by uh, Koganada, who's a Korean filmmaker. There's a lot of like short films and like info- information films, like a, about a star or something like that. Um, he did Columbus, which was his debut feature film, which I've not seen but has been on my list for a long time, and I've just spotted it's come on Amazon Prime, which we are also, <laughs> which we're also <laughs> yeah. cancelling. Uh, class living crisis, you know. So um, yeah, I'll have to catch that before, it, <laughs> before we get rid of that. We've got a bit a little bit. Longer we've got a bit on longer on Apple TV, yeah. so you know, swap over to yeah. Prime before we get rid of that. So this is a story of Colin Farrell and Jodie Turner Smith, our married couple. They have adopted a Chinese child. And it's set in the near future, as you say, and so to help the girl acclimatise and to help them understand the Chinese culture, they buy a second sibling robot called Yang, mm-hmm. who is an android, you know, it's... it's... Is it in, the, in the same way as sort of AI, are we thinking? Steven Spielberg's AI? And that, that is... That is, it is an actual physical person, in yes, inverted commas. Yes, it is. Right, yeah, okay. That's it, exactly. Um... This we meet them some years into their journey with Yang. Yang has become part of the family, and then he breaks down. Um, and I'm not going to go too far into it because this goes places. I thought this was just going to be. A, this is a very very good Black Mirror for, uh, story. Um, it's an hour and a half. It absolutely flies by. Um, it goes into as you can imagine things of loss. Um, I was about to say, is it a bit sad? Which, which speaks, which speaks to me. If mm. anyone, and, and I imagine we'll speak to you as, yeah. as it happens. But also goes into what was the last film about AI that we see yeah. uh, in the future. But also like into consumerism. There's so much like there is so much going on in the background. It's beautifully acted. It's like as you mentioned, it is very very quiet. So it's just a film to put on, give it your entire attention because if you. If you don't, then you will miss something, and yeah. But yeah, it's absolutely beautiful. Um, I think it's gone under the radar having debuted on Sky Movies, which is a bit of a shame. I'd love to see this on a big big screen. screen, Yeah, Um, and soundtrack wise as well, it seemed to be really, really quite beautiful. But yeah, it's it's beautiful. So Mm. please, please check it out. I love this. Right. So to the to the big film, I think it's. Am I right in saying that it's had a bumper weekend? You're good with the with the statistics. I think it's had a f- a fine weekend. It's this. It seems to be a success story. That's what the vibe I'm getting when I I was reading a few articles before um we came to record, and the vibe I was getting was that the studio behind Don't Worry Darling was really promoting it as a success. We're really saying, wow, these these figures are great comparative to you know, and this is post. Covid, but well, not post Covid, mm. but you know, post the, the the lockdowns and things, they're saying it's pretty good. I think it's made about twenty million. Okay. Someone said, which mm. is about what this you'd expect yeah. this to make. It's a, um, is it a twenty fourth? Um, I don't know. Ah, I don't no, know. I don't think it is. I don't think it is. I think no, the other two I that I mentioned that. I didn't yeah. feel that it was. Yeah, but anyway. Um, but yeah, it is. Uh, I think it's done pretty well, and mm-hmm. I think this kind of goes to show that. The general public really don't care about Twitter bullshit about mm-hmm. films. I think if they want to go see it, they'll go see it. Yeah, they want um, to go want to go and see. And to be fair, we we've, we've struggled recently, haven't yes. we, to go and see a, a, a you know a decent film. Um, to go in just a new film that we don't really know much about. You know that. Why are you, yeah, why are you looking this, at me? I think this week we've got the choice of Smile or Miss Mrs Harris Goes to Paris. We, I love that. 
Marg is obsessed with the Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. He actually called it Mrs. Paris Goes to Harris the other day, which is what I'm calling it from now Mrs. on. Mrs. Harry Goes to Paris. You're Parry. like, I'm not, go- I'm not going to see that. I'm like, I bet you will. I bet you will. I will. <laughs> but just to, because I think a lot of this might have, a lot of the point of this film might have been lost in the in the bullshit. Mm. So this is the story of Florence Pugh's Alice, who is living the life of a glamorous 50s housewife. Uh, with her husband Jack, who's played by Harry Styles. Um, but when her friend starts asking questions about the isolated community where they live, um, Alice starts looking closer into what's going on. Mm-hmm. And it, it is very much a mystery box of a film. Yeah, we, we know from, from the off fairly shortly, don't we, this sort of paradise place where they're all mm. living with their friends, that there might be something slightly off. We get the mm. feeling, particularly when um, people like Chris Pine's character comes in. I can't remember his name, actually. Um, but yeah, Chris Pine's character comes in as, as the um, very charismatic leader or sort of like boss of the of the men cult of personality um, yeah, yeah and 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 very charismatic but sort of feeling that there, there might be a darker side to him and that's not sort of giving anything away that's the film very much plays into you know what what's he about and therefore what is it all about because there's a lot of secrets um and and a lot of mystery to what the men are doing during the course of the day as well mm. so that's that's how we how we set away in it which i i yeah i was massively looking forward to this i think it's it's been it's been trailered a lot, but it, the trailer really works for me. Um, me it's too. hinting at something dark behind it. Yeah, mystery box we all love. I mean, it reminds me very much of Lost and also One Division. I think it's mm-hmm. that definite thing of, especially with the setting around the sort of fifties era houses and everything like that. Yeah, and anyone who was listening to the podcast long enough will know just how excited we were at One Division and yep. how much it was part of our lockdown. Mm-hmm. Um. I love Olivia Wilde. I've loved Olivia Wilde as an actress before when she was in House, even. Um, which and Olivia was, Wilde is the director yeah, here as well. Director here. Mm. Um, you, you've not seen Booksmart, have no, you? No, I haven't. I know, and I know a lot of people go on about it. So, yeah, I will it's catch crap. up with that at some point. It's not. <laughs> so it's not. Everyone says it's wonderful. And I think you you really um, appreciated it, didn't oh, you? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then, yeah, see, she acts in this yeah. as well, directs it, dates the co star. Yeah. Um, and. Anything with Florence Pugh in is a immediate. Tick oh for yeah, me. totally. I mean, I think we would both um, quite happily marry Florence Pugh if given given the chance. You or I? I'd be happy um... for you to marry Florence Pugh. <laughs> what just so, so that, she could live with us? Just, no, 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 no. You can leave me Florence Pugh just so that I've got that one degree of uh, separation from her. So, you, you, so that I'll so be able when, to on weekends when, when I you drop come Blake in, off. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. I can, oh, I'm Florence. Yeah. Oh, oh Lens out. Oh, sorry, I'm a bit early. Yeah, yeah. Just that so I can look at her. Um, she's a mate. I mean, she's uh, talking of charisma. I could watch Florence Pugh just read out the phone book. She's just amazing. There's this. There's so much going on behind the eyes and in the brain, and you or, you get the feeling that she's just completely inhabiting hmm. all the characters that I've seen her in, and she could she could seemingly can do anything. She can do really um you know dark horror she can do um action hero she can do wrestling star you know it's like yeah. Page what here. what yeah. <laughs> i mean what what more can she i mean she's just amazing and in this she's getting to really work her dramatic chops do you remember when we first saw her now i came across her in lady macbeth but before she did um oh that falling yes the film falling 
um, which was an interest. I'm going to put that in inverted commas. There were some interesting plot points that's in that a, film. That's a film, isn't it? Yeah, and I think we were quite uncomfortable at times with where things because it was a lot. Things were happening to young women. Amazing, amazing, William. Yeah, yeah, I know, but yeah, it, I think it, we weren't quite sure what we were watching, were we? And yeah, it went to places we didn't quite expect yes um so yeah yeah so i remember that i i just think she's she's amazing and i'm like waiting for the point where she wins a million oscar you know i don't know what she'll have to do or what sort of film she'll have to be in but she feel this is comparison is just terrible but she feels like a kate winslet to me she feels like a quite chameleon-esque but also um some somewhat it's the eyes and the face and I just I feel she's going on that trajectory of you know once she gets an Oscar Beatty film she'll absolutely be in there well I mean she was nearly there with Little Women mm, um, and I think mm-hmm. she she could have won that uh-huh. possibly should have you seen Little Women no no I, I hate the book Little Women I just I've never ever got on with it I just, it's just not for me, and therefore I avoid all adaptations of it. And of course, it's definitely for me. So, that's a, yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. a good film. It's well, a good maybe film, yeah. you know. I think yeah. if you haven't got that baggage with well, it, maybe. you know, do you realise that we've been talking about this film for quite a while now, and we we are totally and utterly. I don't know whether you're doing this on purpose, but we're totally and utterly skirting around what we actually think of the film. Okay, do you want to go first? <laughs> yeah, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Um, I haven't st- been able to stop thinking about it. I want to go and see it again. I've listened to the soundtrack on repeat. I um, have problems with the last act. I can spot um, several plot holes that gave me some cause for concern when I was driving back from the pictures in the car. I started thinking, mm, but what about this? Mm, but what about that? But actually, as you know, sort of the 24 hours, you know, what, oh, the 24, 48 hours has passed. I can't remember how yeah, long ago it is that, since I've yeah. seen it. I've just kind of pushed them slightly to one side, not totally, but slightly to one side because my enjoyment of the picture that really felt like I'm going, I'm using that old Hollywood term, the enjoyment of the picture was so much that I I can sort of not forgive it, but I can place it to one side and go, mm, maybe there were some scenes that were on the cutting room floor that really need, needs to go in. I thought it was absolutely beautifully shot. Um, it kept me engaged all the way through when things do happen in the third act. Um, whilst I wasn't majorly surprised or I didn't, you know, I wasn't sitting there going, oh, wow, that's really clever. I was kind of like, oh, well, it's it was going to be this, this, this or this and it, they've gone for this. It's it still affected me in quite a... Um, quite a profound way actually and that the the themes affected me quite profoundly in one sense it is to coin a phrase that you have already used on the pod it is a black mirror episode yeah and you could place it very much in that box but i suppose i don't use that as a as a criticism or as a negative thing because that's something that I really enjoy. Mm. Um, I think Livia Wilde's done a, a great job. I really enjoyed her direction. Like I say, that some plot holes towards the end, some things where I'm not quite sure what the characters are doing, that, that needs to be ironed out. Um, but the way the film looked, the way the film made me feel all the way through and just just the my general enjoyment of going to the cinema 
I put that down to her and her and her direction alongside the 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 acting and I, before we move on to just so it's in my mind Harry Styles has got a lot of flack about his acting in this film I think for the character that he is playing and for the things that the film is asking of him he was really good and I think some of the criticism is has missed the characterization when when they're saying certain words and I'm not going to go into it when they're saying certain words about when they're when they're using certain adjectives about his mm. performance I think that is absolutely on purpose part of the character Mark <laughs> I have a feeling that you because of because of what I know about you and the films that you like and don't like when I came out of this knowing that I really loved it I also felt that you would not love it. Am I right? Do you have problems with well, it? I spent all film going, this is such a film that Elaine will love. And also a film that I will love. Um, I This is... This may very well be in my top ten of the year. Um, God, I don't know you at all. <laughs> no, you don't, do you? I mean, it's lost. It's, it's one division. Yeah, it is... I'm... I it's, know it's Florence Pugh wearing fucking amazing <laughs> dresses and looking stunning all the way through. Um, I, 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 I think it's beautifully directed. I think obviously this picture perfect community which they live in looks beautiful. I want to live in that house. Yeah, I want to totally. have the the record player yep. and the. I want to have Florence Pugh when I come home. Having, well, what, giving you a glass of whiskey you a glass and of a big glass of whiskey and a. I mean, interesting, a, interesting, <laughs> isn't it? Given the themes of so the film, so much to eat on the table. Yeah. Um, and yeah, um, this is this is beautiful. I mean, I, Olivia Wilde. I really hope this doesn't. The extracurriculars oh, do not. Um, yeah, torch her career because it might and it better not. I mean, this is because it it wouldn't to a man, well, you know, I agree. and that's the whole yeah. point, isn't it? I yeah. mean, isn't this the the misogyny yeah. that the film's talking about? Anyway, yeah, um, I don't really want to delve too much into that because I think it's had so yes. much. Yeah, um, and I, I've I've stayed away from it. I yeah. don't give a shit. Yeah. Um, I I just love what was on screen, mm-hmm. and if you if, think if so people shocked. are reviewing the Twitter the Twitter yeah. thing rather than uh, that's that's, that's all. I mean if you yeah. don't like it you don't like it yeah, but, yeah. and I can understand I can understand why people don't because it is a mystery box mm. um, there are things that happen in the third act which I was fine with but I can it, when I got up when the credits came up the people four seats down from me said what a lot of shit mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I love that when mm-hmm. I'm loving a film and then mm-hmm. someone Four seats down goes something that shit. That's that's even better. <laughs> I remember going to see the last time I had that properly was me and Neil went to see Cloverfield on the opening night, and we were sat there. And obviously there was so much mystery around Cloverfield. Yeah. We didn't really know what it was. And then as we were walking out, everyone around us was going like, "What a load of shit!" Is that it? Oh, is that is that the ending? <laughs> is that the ending? You don't even see what happened to them. And then yeah, and then there's me and Neil like high fiving each other mm-hmm. like yeah. Um, I'm so I'm so pleased mm. and yet so so surprised. I'll touch on Harry Styles' performance mm. under spoilers. Mm-hmm. I think because mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's um, I think that's that mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, I think I've got a lot of feelings about it mm-hmm. and yeah. Um, I really want people to go see this because mm. I think it's I think it's mm-hmm. a beautiful film, especially yeah. if you do like the things that we've mentioned, where there's a bit of a mystery, very dark mystery behind yeah. it. Um, the rest moments where I was. Not scared, but 
freaked out. Yeah. I mean, I was the scared. Visuals yeah. are, the visuals are beautiful. Um, just this, and yeah. Um, and, go, and go and sit on a, on the biggest screen cream, possible yeah. because, it, yeah, I really enjoyed, like I said, that just sitting and soaking in that production value. Mm. Yes. Mm. Do you want to go into spoilers? Okay, everyone, so we're going to go into spoiler territory now. So if you, you haven't seen Don't Worry Darling, please, please, please stop here now. And if you... this is where you're leaving us, thank you for listening. You can find us on social media, on Twitter and Instagram at The Honeymoon Pod. And if you'd like to leave us a review, that'd be much appreciated on iTunes or just a star rating on Spotify. Thanks. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. So I want to know your theory on something. Okay. Do you reckon Harry Styles spat at Chris Pine? <laughs> Oh, I hate all of that stuff. I just hate it. I hate it because it's it just you can see everyone's very uncomfortable with it. They mm. they they made a a great film. Yes, I think it's going to be in my in my top three. Um, oh wow! It, yeah, okay. I really think it's that high this year. And I just hate the fact that this is what we're picking over because these things happen on film sets all the time but they've made a big deal out of it because it's Harry's work all the time yeah. I, I work with people I don't get on with I've, yeah. I've, I've, I've had bosses that I think are, have let me down and mm. things like that you know like um, have, and have, who knows what's actually gone on yeah. you know? and, and obviously there's um, Olivia Wilde's uh, this relationship breakdown and then she's you know I don't know what I love life so I wish she's with Harry Styles or not and there's just all that sort of like clickbait you know and and it's mm. just bitchy isn't it and gossipy and it's it's it doesn't do anyone any favours Tell me about what you think about Harry Styles' performance then. So, when I watched it, my thought was, he's sitting opposite, he's, he's very much opposite one of the... And I think yeah. Florence Pugh's, I would be very happy if she got nominated for an Oscar for this mm-hmm. because I think it's a brilliant, yeah, brilliant yeah, yeah. performance. She yeah. carries this film. Totally. And my thought was that Harry Styles was giving... And this is going to sound like damning with faint praise, the standout performance in a school play. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but just could not keep up with her. Yeah, I think that's, mm. that's entirely. And of course, yeah. I mean, yeah. he's you know he's he's obviously had some acting training and stuff like yeah. that, but it's not what he. It's, it's not going to be his first line on the Wikipedia, mm. is it? Mm. Yeah. Um, there is an inherent talent in what she does, yeah. and I think it, anyone would find it hard to because I mean, in every film she's been in she's been the standout before mm. she's always been the one that's been drawn to but I I and, do feel that this this you know people talk about him being quite flat or quite subdued or quite and I was like well but that's that's what he's doing is it that makes total sense in the context of he isn't meant to be this matinee idol he's not meant to be this this crazy charismatic man in reality, he is a complete loser. He is a misogynist. He is um, someone who is is being incredibly violent towards his partner, mm. and you can see, you know, almost like it's in incel um, absolutely sort of references, isn't it? Where you sat, you're listening to this person, you're taking in all of this this information, Podcasts and don't you know, come off well in this, they? no, they don't. Um, but you know, and it's this this whole idea of what women should be to men, and so it made total sense when it came to the reveal that, of course, that is who he is. So he has to play it, you know, at that level because in reality he hasn't got 
the charm. He hasn't got that inner dialogue. He's he's playing. He is playing the school play. You know, he he is playing that that role. Hmm. I am. I would love that to be. <laughs> Yeah, and and I I agree. I I may be reading into it, but that made me feel better about the whole thing. I feel it's a happy coincidence. Rather than a direction. If I was going to put some money on there, Mm -hmm. yeah. I don't suspect uh, Olivia Wilde is going there going, Mm. could you be a bit shit at your acting? And I don't think he's necessarily shit at acting. Honestly, I do think that, because Shia LaBeouf was originally cast in the role and then um, left or um, was fired, whatever happened, he no longer was playing the role and Harry Styles was brought in. I do think that Harry Styles is a much better choice in terms of, you know, these 1950s um, beautiful vistas and then the people that they've chosen. I mean, even Olivia Wilde's sort of face and her look is so, you know, really, really since it almost like screen idol um, look from that time. And I thought he was really good in terms of his visuals, in terms of his look as the beautiful um, man, who, you know, the screen with the quiffed hair, the, sh- the suit, the car, the glasses. I thought he did a really good job. And I'm, I couldn't imagine Shia LaBeouf playing that sort of matinee idol role. Okay, well, okay, yeah. So I, I think they that. worked yeah. really well as a couple. Mm. And I thought that they their um, chemistry, actually, because they, they have a number of sex scenes, and I thought their chemistry was 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 very good. Whether that was re- yeah. real life or not, it doesn't really matter to me. But on the screen, I really believed them as this couple that were just really into each other, you know, and just yeah. living this really beautiful life. I think their chem- their chemistry is what drives this. Mm. Um, I I I hope that Harry Styles has taken an acting note and um, is playing it inch perfect and. Yeah, yeah it could be a di- it could be a directorial. I would edge you know. towards it is a happy coincidence <laughs> okay. that. But I didn't think it was bad, and a lot of people always oh, terrible, and I just don't think that's true. Mm. So let's talk about the ending, mm. the final act. Yeah. So, um, for people, anyone who's not seen this film, hi mom, who's probably still listening, <laughs> um, the it's revealed that they are in modern times, or at least closer to modern times yeah, than the near future, <laughs> um, and she. Um, Alice is a doctor. Um, it looks like a surgeon. Like a surgeon. Yeah. Mm. Um, who, She's working incredibly yeah. long hours. Harry Styles has lost his job mm. and is struck, so she's having to pick up extra shifts and he is resentful about... He's just sitting at home all day. He's yeah. not doing anything. He's on his computer all the time. He looks really... <laughs> Mark's just raised his eyebrows at me. Um, he's, um, he's clearly not... So even though he's at home and she's working really hard, he's not, you know, having a, um, he's not got any food ready for her when she could, which yeah. he, clearly he has the time to do. So mm. when she comes in, she he's almost like expecting her to to magic something up for them when she's really tired. Yes, he's also trying to um, initiate sex, and she's obviously you know just really not in the mood for that. Mm. And and so you see him sort of going in in you know into his own room, don't you? And and just listening to Chris Pine. Yes. And his misogynistic guff. And so he puts them into a simulation, um, where the part of the plot is that the men have to leave every day. They go and drive off into the desert to this mystery job. <laughs> mystery job. And that is them leaving the women in the simulation to go and earn the money to keep them in here and pay rent mm. and everything like that. Right. Okay, so this is... I, 
all obviously all the way through you were invited to work out what's going yeah, on yeah. and i think there are a number of different things one of which is oh are they living in a simulation from the future mm-hmm, that came to mind mm-hmm. i was fine with this because i think it goes into the themes of i think it it went beyond just oh this is the answer end of story because yep. there is the misogyny there is the it, it's the misogyny of putting these women in there so that they can work up that so they can work on the house all day and yeah, well, yeah. yeah and, and obviously without their consent yeah so they are um, taking their lives away from them yeah. and creating a life that they mm. want women the, the women in their lives and also i think it's important to point out that during the course of the reveal you are um given information which leads you to understand that some of the women are not actually the part the real life partners because there is when he when he signs them up for it there is a section that yes. says if i remember this rightly is this person your real life your partner in real life yeah so i was thinking of some of the other women in the especially the new couple that come in and wondering whether this was um, where the man had either, it had kidnapped or abducted someone who maybe it was a colleague at work or someone that he sees on the bus every day. You know, so I was really thinking that it goes much further than, oh, well, this is my partner and I want us to have a, a this this life um, without their consent. Mm. You know, I was thinking that it, there could be, you know, it's not just two people in a flat together. This These are men that might go out and kidnap someone and and because they want them to be their partner in real life. Okay, so this leads on to my next po- this leads on to my next point in the the very best examples of these if you watch it a second time there is things there which you will which you overlook the first time. Like the first best example is for example Sixth Sense where if you if you watch it again you realize that no one ha- no one alive yeah. uh, who's not Haley Joel Osment has spoken to Bruce Willis's character yeah. um, up since Donnie Wahlberg went and mm-hmm, shot him, mm-hmm. and I get the feeling, and I, I I don't know this, I get the feeling that those things are not there in this film. Oh, okay, right. Um, because you get that moment in the Sixth Sense where you go back and there is the door, there is the table in mm-hmm, front of the mm-hmm. um, under the stair cupboard. There is where she's sitting in the restaurant and she's talking to herself oh, rather yes. than talking to it. Yeah, okay. Um, hey, I might be absolutely wrong mm-hmm. on this. Mm-hmm. I don't feel there is. I don't feel there is anything like that. And I think that it's fine for you. Like, it's fine. <laughs> God, this is going to sound patronising. It's fine for you to put these stuff to make these stories uh-huh. in your head about this. But I think the best examples of these films will have something that will back that up. Yeah, on the, on yeah. The next I understand what you're saying. I do understand what you're saying. So mm. you would so if I thought that then you could go back and say there would be maybe a moment with that couple where yeah. you could work work that out and you, it was put in place. Yeah, I do get that. And part that would of the be reveal nice. is mm. when she sat at dinner and she's saying, Where are you from? Philadelphia mm. or Chicago and everything like that. Mm-hmm. I really wish that, and I there might be there. I really hope there is more of that in there because all I can remember is the line about "Oh, we honeymooned in the same place." Yes, yeah. Um, and I, it feels like uh, Alice, the Florence Pugh character, jumped four steps along the story to me, mm-hmm. and I wasn't necessarily following her exactly mm-hmm. with that. Mm-hmm. And I think a three like people talk about the George R. R. Martin reveal of. You put in something subtle, then you put in something a little bit less subtle, and then you hammer it home. Um, 
I, I I hope that's there. I suspect it isn't. Mm, I which, agree. Yeah, because I can't think shame. of... I remember what you say about the honeymooning and the... Yeah, yeah but I don't remember anything else. Mm. Although, if they had done that, that would... My worry would be that it would have been really obvious right from the beginning. So it would have had to be very subtle and, you know, little and that's moments, why you yeah. And that's why, and I know it's a cliche mm. and like a, a, a trope, but you have the flashback to blah, mm-hmm. blah, mm-hmm. blah, to show some... like. The Sixth Sense does it perfectly. And that's why I say the very best of these mm. films. Um, it did make me laugh that this is very close to the village. Well, that's <laughs> that was exactly why I thought you would hate it. Because I came out of that and thought, it's the village. We've just done a whole episode, which we even titled... In- <laughs> entitled? We even put in the title about your hatred of the village. Um, or the twist of the, the village anyway. And I did think this is very, very similar. But this so is, what makes it different for you? But this is every well, refer back to previous podcast. <laughs> I said there's nothing wrong with that being in the future and everything like that, but we don't see anybody reacting to it. it it's like in this, if there is very little mystery where she's trying to solve a problem in this, but just at the end, then just before it cuts, you then um, you find out. You, you, and you, that's you, you it. see, um, we cut to. Um, Harry Styles waking up mm-hmm. um, and walking out of this little hotel room, of the little apartment room, and finding out we're in the modern day. Right, okay. I and understand. The, the joy of this is her reacting to the revelation. And her tr- trying to get out of it. And What we don't get is mm-hmm. just her climbing over a fence, not knowing what's going on <laughs> because she's a blind character, yeah. and having to put up with M. Night Shyamalan behind her <laughs> fucking desk, doing a bit of exposition about uh, what's going on. Uh, all right. Fair enough. Mm. But yeah, um, I, I know that like I have reservations about whether this will stand up to. But in the I'm four and a half stars on this, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and I was close to I was close to five until just those things about the the final act about how there are just some character moments that I'm just like I don't understand this, and it's not oh I don't understand it, and it and it's really making me think about it. So so for example, um, Chris Pine's wife, who is played by Gemma Chan. Yes. Now she is like the leader of the what you she's keeping the women in check. Yes. We and she she defends him. So yeah. even when Florence Pugh there is, is a dinner scene. you know um, calling him out and challenging him, mm. and you know he says oh, I want to be challenged, and then he says he's disappointed, and you do kind of feel like oh she, I think she's sort of blown all of her cards here, and I, th- I think I've mixed a metaphor there. Yeah. But, um, so and but she is the one that says my husband has given us all you know this mm. wonderful life, and you think oh wow okay, and when the reveal comes in, you're starting to question does she, does she know does she not, and then she kills him, and I don't know why she kills him, and then when she does kill him, she says my turn now or words so that effect, said that. and I just think well okay so is she now the leader. Or has she suddenly, in inverted commas, woken up and gone, well, it's my turn now to be in control? Because that would make sense Mm. as well. But I needed something more. I needed something to say, hey, why is she waking up? Because there were lots of, um, in the housing complex, um, there were some, like, explosions, like these beacons were exploding. Yes. And then the the women seemed to almost have the, you know, they were putting their hands to their heads as if they were sort of, working out what was going on and I thought oh well if the whole of the simulation was collapsing that would make sense mm. but I needed to see why the fuck this is happening. why it was collapsing yeah. why have you stabbed him yeah and 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 certainly her character that character point like 
where did that come from and what happens to you now this feels and what like, happens to the other women it felt like a scene that should have been on the cutting room yeah, floor yeah yeah or there's a scene on the cutting room floor that explains much more than that well I feel you do need to revisit them but mm. I wonder if in the edit they found there was nothing else and that was all they mm. had um, I mean, like the, there might be a there might be a perfectly decent explanation which is revealed in a second watch I but don't think there is because the I last time think... you see her mm. she's in the dinner scene defending him and walking off I whereas for example the Olivia Wilde um, reveal that was very both like affecting but also um, really engaging that she had always known that it was a simulation and obviously her reasons for, for remaining in the simulation were um i'm going to use the word affecting again because i can't think of another word but that really affected me yeah. and it has affected me for since i've seen it because mm. she is saying that she was staying within the simulation because it was the only way where her children were alive yes. and that's you know i can totally understand that mm. um there has been some criticism of the film in terms of um its portrayal of women as being reined in by children or um the the, the discourse around what you, you know you would you would be in this false world because children are the be all and end all and i have to say that i understand where those women are coming from but as someone who has lost a child my my view is very much skewed by that and I can totally see, I really can, I can totally see how someone would make that decision. Yeah. And it and that's nothing to do with misogyny and mm. just sort of take that to one side. If there was an opportunity for you to be in a world where your children who had died were alive and you could be with them, I can I as someone who's bereaved like a bereaved parent can understand that notwithstanding all of my feminist principles and notwithstanding the fact that these other women would be you know in this position where they didn't understand you know that they were being held within a simulation I think loss and bereavement could could you could understand I'm explaining this really badly but you could really understand why someone would even with those principles, even if there were a person with those principles, mm. would make that decision. Absolutely. You know? And I, and that um, that bit of the film actually has stayed with me longer than anything else. I would I would agree. Um, I think the... I've, I've not heard of... I've not heard... I've not read much on this, to be perfectly honest. I've seen it after you, but I think that the... I think these... I wonder if it's also the pressure that's put on Florence Pugh's character to have a child. And, I mean, if you look at the twist, like, mm. the thing is that these are largely um, incel men who, who of course, want a child because mm. that's what they they want their wife. They've put them mm. in this situation so their wife mm. is there scrubbing the bath with yep. all the mirrors and yep. um, everything like that when they, when they come home. So, of course, that's what they want. And, you know, there are people without we can tell you one i know people without children who are asked oh have you have you, have you had children yet yeah and obviously that com- comes into part of the film yes yeah so yeah um this is i mean it, it's a i feel it's more a comment than a than a mm. than a um something to detract from the film on it yeah so yeah 
Yeah, and, and I really liked her before. I really liked Olivia Wilde's performance in it. I thought she was really interesting. And particularly when you're given that reveal, that really colours yes. what she's doing in the rest of the film. And that's almost why I want to go back and watch that again. Because I want to see how, you know, if, if she knew all the way along what's giving that away. Yeah. Why why is she saying in the bathroom to Florence Pugh when Florence Pugh is absolutely melting down? Harry Styles is off dancing on stage. Mm. Um why she's saying nice to her, yeah, well, it's really interesting. We might come back and talk about that in a minute. Um, she, why she saying, "Yo, this is your husband. This is the biggest night of your husband's life. Come on, get out there!" And rather than helping her to escape, yes. you know, the, there are some interesting character um, decisions, and I'd like to see that again. The Harry Styles scene when he's dancing. Once you get the reveal, that's also another scene where I think it's really interesting. When I watched it, I felt like Chris Pine was just completely... He was like a puppet. like um, Not Chris Pine, but Harry Styles' character. I can't remember what he's called now. Um, he, it was like he was a puppet and he was making him dance. And make, did you, yes. get, did yeah. you get that feel that he didn't want to... That, that he wasn't under any control and he was like, dance for us, dance. And it was like he was being puppeteered. And I felt, again, that was a comment on these people who run cults because this is essentially what this is yeah and how they um enslave everyone into their into yeah. their power yeah i mean there is a lot to be read about someone who i mean it probably says about much about us and our beliefs on mm. on certain things that we see as a cult-like thing mm. but something where you feel like things around you aren't right you know, it could be you could apply it to anything. You can apply it to religion. You can apply it to work. You can apply it to politics or anything mm. like that. Economics. Um, I don't want to go into any further because <laughs> there are lots of people that I don't want to pay any credence to during this. I've just started to go down there and yeah. Um, but you know, flat earthers or something mm. like that. Um, just to use a ha- less harmful uh, example of conspiracy theorists. People who don't think dinosaurs exist. Hey. Um, but yeah something about that didn't sit right mm-hmm. and at the time of watching it I I thought this was I thought I was trying to work out is this comment on sort of work culture of yeah, we promote you and yeah. you dance for us now you dance for us yeah. and even though we're bringing you onto like onto the board that means yeah. that you know you're still not your own person mm. yeah I, I still don't quite I still can't quite square off where that mm. where that came from but yeah, I love the Dita Von Teese cameo though. <laughs> yes, yes, in in the champagne glass. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. I didn't realize that was her until. Oh, you... did you? Because that's her thing. That's that was the, what made her famous. In the time, I sort of thought, is that Dita Von Teese? Yeah, then, yeah, yeah, amazing. Yeah, uh, I loved all the performances. I thought it just incredibly well realized, and like you say, the horror of, um, you know, that her friend, um, standing on top of the house, slitting her own throat. You know, the 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 conspiracy around, you know, what's in. Um, the doctor's briefcase and then when she opens it up and it's just all redacted I'm like why is it all re- like why is it all redacted and of course if it's within a simulation it's almost like when you're playing a computer game yeah so anything more to say on don't worry darling I couldn't remember the film's name there yeah <laughs> anything more for any more or do you think we're I mean there's loads of plot holes that I can pick into so like the plane and the plane the plane, the plane. like where did the plane come from and and is um, her friend whose name I cannot... I keep wanting to call her Margaret, but it might not be Margaret. Yeah, it's um, Kiki Lane's character. Is it? Yes, that's it, that's it. Um, whether she's alive in the real world or, you know, if she died in 
the simulations as she died. Well, so that those... makes it very clear that when you die in the simulation... No, they only say when men, when the men die. So Olivia Wilde's character, Bunny, I think it is, says when the, when the men die in the simulation. So it, it very specifically doesn't say women. But that makes no sense that, like, what about having a penis <laughs> means that you die in this way as women No, but, die. well, no, but in the, um, we don't know how the simulation's been designed. You don't have a clue how that's, you know, and, and what they've agreed to. I mean, it makes no sense that, you know. Feeling less, less positive about this film in a second. <laughs> no, but, no, that, but it, that is, I don't, that think is that, a, I don't think that's. Uh, that I, is a plot point. I've read this. That is a plot point that people are really picking up on and, and questioning why say the men, when the men, rather than when you die, when people die in here. I think that's very specific. It's bullshit, though. Mm. Like that makes no sense in a. No, that's why people. Are que- that's why people are querying it. But this is a science and fiction, is... you know. Mm. I don't want to get into my. This 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 feels like theories invented mm. by people reading it rather. Than... I I don't understand why that would be a thing. Well, I thought it was very interesting. I find it. I, I I find that puts me off the film more. Okay, I'll be quiet. I don't, no, 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 no. No, but I don't want you to go, go off the, just be if I keep coming up with plot holes and you going, oh, actually, it's now a two star film. No, but like, I don't. I've enjoyed that conversation. Like, is it just something that they've left in, or is it actually something that's to be thought through? You know, that there that there is a difference. You're not going with me on that. No, I. I... No, I actively dislike that theory. Okay. It's almost like as bad as is he a robot in Blade Runner, which okay. I, is something I just kind of got on board Oh, you with. just, yeah, you don't like that, do you? No, Whereas I, I do, I really love that, so that maybe that shows us yeah, the difference. Yeah, this, this might be it. Yeah. yeah. Okay, let's um, let's bring it to a We could have done an entire podcast on Don't Worry Darling spoilers. Cut all the rest of it out, we'll just yeah. do this. <laughs> Make it a lot shorter to edit. So, when do I get to um no 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 i'm coming down the wrong side of this i was going to say so when do i get to join a simulation and you just go to work all day but um i don't think you should go down this route because any anything that you say will not will not do well given the themes of this film i'm happy just being dirty and listening to (laughs) podcasts on youtube like uh harry styles does oh i thought thought you meant dirty as in like you know pervy but no i think dirty as in pervy as well yeah (laughs) dirty as in not having to wash yes yeah (laughs) Right, let's uh, let's finish. So yeah, if you're still with us, thanks very much for um, for listening to uh, the Honeymoon Period podcast. You can find us at the Honeymoon Period on Instagram and Twitter. And if you could leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you can leave reviews, that would be brilliant. Five star rating on Spotify would be lovely as well. I'm pretty sure we did that like ten minutes. Yes, ago. we did, but that was for the people who were leaving us then. But these people are oh, still yes, heard and they're this. still here. But look how how much better we're getting at it though. <laughs> Like, seriously, if you've ever gone back and listened, and who would, but if anyone go back and listen to some of our early ones, I mean, the amount of times we've had to, like, stop recording and just do it over and over and over again. And actually, our friends... And again, the, that would be evident in the podcast which we've released. Yes, that's what I'm saying. But, yeah. you know, people might not have listened to those. But I was about to say our friend, the Robs, um, Rob Daniel and Rob Wallace from the movie Robcast and Another Time Cloud, two brilliant podcasts, um, have heard us. Now, it's that embarrassing thing of when you guest on someone else's podcast and they get to hear the unedited version of you. I remember us having an argument about what our, what our web address was. <laughs> I know, I still don't know. Honeymoonperiod.com if anyone's interested. Is it, is it really? Yeah. Does it work? Because I couldn't get it to work. 
Well, I think that says more about. <laughs> thanks very much. <laughs> oh well, thanks. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, and uh, hope you come back soon. I don't know what we're doing next. We keep threatening a date night, don't we? We keep saying we must do a date night. We must do a date night. But given it's taken us a month to record uh, between the last two episodes, um, we'll do a date night. We'll do a date night at some point. Pick a film. I will. I will. It's. It's. This is the problem. You see, everyone. It's my turn to pick a film, and I just can't. Like do I it. can name films that would be perfect for you to pick for us to watch. Well, why don't you give me a selection? And that will help That's me. That's not necessarily the point I like of date night. Is I it? like options and choices. Just giving me a blank canvas and going, find a film, Elaine, any film. It just does not work for me. See chilling, you later, everyone. Chilling vision of my <laughs> existence, isn't it? Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye.